in a few moments, a message that I cannot wait to share with you tonight. Uh, but it was Valentine's Day this week. Yes. What did you guys do for Valentine's Day? Uh, we, um, oh, I was pretty, I did something a bit sneaky. I found out Ev didn't like it, but I was pretending like I'd forgotten. Oh, no. Thinking yeah. it'd be like a good plan. <laughs> And um, Rookie mistake. Ebony was dropping all these hints and I knew she was, but I was just ignoring them. It was on awesome. On the actual day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like by lunchtime. So in the morning, oh. I was like, you do know it's Valentine's Day, right? And he was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've, oh, And then he was like, oh, no, I've got something planned. And I was like, no, you don't. It's just because you've got a whole day yeah. to plan something while you're at work. Yeah, but I could but he actually did. Anyway, it's just funny. I walked in, she's like, yeah, all these girls have got flowers and she was really sad. But anyway, I, I did have flowers in the car and I wrote on the car. Anyway, and then I took her out for a nice dinner. We spent yeah, some time we together. Oh, yeah. wow. Nice. Thank you, Dan and Ebb. Who thinks Dan and Ebb have done a great job up here and an awesome youth uh, pastor? Thank you. God bless you guys. you guys. Thank you. Hope you see you well John. done. Thank you so much. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Keegan and Katie, they went for a walk. That was, that's awesomely romantic. Did you buy flowers, Keegan? Good man. Who had it? Who 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 loves being spoiled on Valentine's Day? Come on, give me a wave. Now, put your hands down, fellas. <laughs> Ladies, can I just ask you, who loves being spoiled on Valentine's Day? All the guys. Okay, all right. Ladies, who doesn't really care? It's not a big deal to you. Okay, okay, all right. Can I can I tell you something that I've learned? Uh, every woman is different, and my wife. Loves Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. It took me a little while to work this out. Uh, she loves special occasions. Uh, and, you know, if you've heard of the love languages, you know, the five love languages, she loves special occasions where all five are expressed. Words of, ac- words of affirmation, thoughtfulness, acts of service, gifts, you know, uh, f- you know, she wants a foot massage, physical touch. All, she, she likes all five of those things expressed. It's not just one or two, all right? And I learned this probably, let's say, the hard way. I'm not proud to say, but knowing, well, sort of knowing it was important to her, uh, I remember one particular day was a pastor's day that I was speaking at, and I was a little distracted, and I literally forgot, and I woke up in the morning, and I, and I forgot, and it hit me, and I just felt a rush of fear come across me at that particular moment. <laughs> Uh-oh, this is not good. So, like any smart person, I thought, it's not too late. She's still asleep. I ducked out to the local news agency, and this has become a little bit of folklore. Uh, this is where, where, where the genius plan began to go downhill. And I rocked in, and I saw, okay, what can I get? I'm pretty, I, I bought her a, a Dolly magazine, okay? I'm not, and, you know, apparently it's for 16 years old, and, she, and she's a 32-year-old or something at that point. And I bought her chocolates, uh, which, again, were not that awesome at that particular news agent that was open. Bought them home, and... And let's just say there was a weather change, a cold front came through, and I spent about three days digging my way out of the hole that I dug myself into. So I learned very early on that my gift matters. This is the segue. My gift matters. Come on. That was, that was good right there. And tonight, the message is your gift matters. Can we give the band a big hand as they head off the stage right now? <laughs> Your gift matters. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And so I'm going to, who is here this morning? Give me a wave if you're here this morning. Okay, numbers of people. I'm going to recap on some things that I shared this morning, and then I'm going to continue into the second part of this message. 
And uh, if you're, you didn't hear this morning's, then I will go through a number of key points without necessarily going into the depth of the points and the scriptures. You can, you can catch up by listening to the podcast later this week. But spiritual gifts matter and your gifts matter. And the Bible tells us um, in the New Testament that there is essentially three kinds of gifts the Bible talks about. The first one is the gift of eternal life. It's the gift that you get. It's the ultimate gift, okay? It's the ultimate gift. It's a gift you can't purchase. You can't be good enough. You can't come to church often enough. The Bible tells us that the wages or the consequences of our sin, which is doing things our ways, not God's way, is death or being cut off from God. But God doesn't want us cut off from him. He wants us to be in relationship with him. So Jesus came, and when Jesus came, it's so that we could have the gift of eternal life if we put our faith in him. When, it, when we get that, life begins to flow. Peace comes into our heart. We begin this great relationship. That's the first and most important gift, eternal life. The second is the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, God's Spirit lives in you. He makes you a brand new person. But there, there is a separate experience that you can have and then have on as an ongoing basis called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can be immersed and filled with the Holy Spirit. You receive His power. There's more. There's gifts like the gift of tongues that God wants to give you available. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it will change your life. And then the third gift that's mentioned in the New Testament is spiritual gifts spiritual gifts and that's what we're talking about tonight your spiritual gift matters now we covered this this morning to understand this that spiritual gifts are different to natural gifts or natural abilities every one of us have been created by God with with a in the words of Liam Neeson with a particular set of skills Okay, you've got a particular, you've got particular abilities that are innate, they're God-given. When God wove you together in your mother's womb and set a purpose for your, for you when he create, before he created the foundations of the world, he, he said, I'm going to create you. This will be your purpose and you'll be born with natural abilities, certain natural abilities. Now, there's a range of different things. You know, you might have natural musical ability. Who's got those? All right, you might have some natural, um, athletic, sporty abilities. Come on, who's got those? Okay, I feel like a few of you are going to put your hand up for every single one here right now. Okay, there are, there are natural humility abilities. Who's got those? Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a fruit of the spirit. That's not a natural ability. All right, uh, there are natural artistic abilities. Okay, you're an artistic, creative person. Who's one of those? Yeah, okay, all right, good. Uh, you, may, maybe you're uh, naturally academic. You're a smart person. You've got a brilliant brain. Come on, put your neighbor up if you're sitting beside one of those. Come on, put your hand up for them right now. Just a little one of these right now. Someone who's sitting beside Isaac Sansom, just do one of these. Where's he? He's in junior high. He's a naturally academic guy. Maybe, you know, maybe you've got a flair for design. Maybe you've just got a natural dance and rhythm ability. Who's got that natural ability? Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. If you do, just stand up right now and show us that dancing ability. You know you want to. Come on. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll talk for you later on. God hasn't given you a spirit of intimidation. Come on, break free. Some of you, some of you have just got some quite incredible party tricks that you were born with. Just natural. Like, my wife can touch her nose with her tongue. Have we got anyone who can do that in the house? But it actually, if she was here, I'd, can anyone else do that? Have we got any, have we got any, anyone? 
We've got over here. Stand up. Come on, Kurt. Show us. Show us. Put your... Uh, can, can we zoom in on him with a, with, a, with a camera right now? Come on, one of you guys. Zoom in over here on Curdy because this is a powerful natural ability. Okay, he's over here. He's over here. He's got the black behind him. Okay, here he is. Here he is. Okay, there it is. Tongue to nose. That, my friends, is an amazing natural ability. Maybe like me, you are given the natural ability of rapping. Come on, who, who's, who's got the natural ability of rapping in the house? It just came to you. Yeah, okay, you just you got that, you know? I'll just, I don't know, it goes, it goes. Anyway, whatever. Whatever it is, they're natural abilities, but they're different to spiritual abilities, different to spiritual gifts. You were born with these, these uh, God-given gifts. Uh, Eric Liddell, who, who won uh, Olympic gold and was featured in the, the movie Chariots of Fire, he said, God's given me the gift of running, and when I run, I feel the favor, the smile of God. That was a, a God-given natural ability that he received. Now, in addition to your natural abilities, you can develop skills. You can, you can practice things, be taught things, and and you can have an aptitude for certain things and their skills. But spiritual gifts are different. The Bible uses the word charisma for gifts. And it comes from the word charis, which means joy, cheerfulness, cheerfulness and delight. And charis, uh, that's chara, and charis, which is grace, goodwill, or undeserved favor. So your gift, your spiritual gift, I've paraphrased it like this, is a supernatural grace. Grace is something you don't earn yourself. God puts it on you. A supernatural grace that God puts in your life that when you use it will bring joy to others and to you. So it's a God-given grace and it gets upon you. It's not your natural ability, all right? Now, here's the thing. So how do I get spiritual gifts? How do I get it? Well, here's the deal. When you get born again, you get spiritual gifts. It comes as part of your salvation. Jesus said, unless you're born again of the Spirit, you're born once naturally. Everyone in this room was born of, your, of a mother and father, okay, physically. And if you don't understand how that happened, talk to Dan and Abel a little later on. They'll explain that to you, okay? But you, when you're being born again, is an experience of the Holy Spirit. You hear the Word of God, the Word of Christ, and the Holy Spirit brings it alive to you. And then with faith, you say, I believe in Jesus Christ. And in that moment, a miracle happens. The working of the Holy Spirit makes you a brand new creation. And when you become not just a different person, not just a better person, not just the same person trying hard, but when you get born again, you the Bible says you become a new creation, a brand new person, a citizen of heaven, and with that comes spiritual gifts. And I shared some stories this morning, and I've got some more tonight. And they, they, these are stories of what happens when people have had um, organs transplanted. Okay, and this is, this is crazy, all right? But here's a, a young lady who received a heart and lung transplant and after the operation woke up and said, and she never liked alcohol, she said, I'm dying for a beer. And they go, well, how did that happen? She had a transplant and with it, she got a new appetite. She had unusual cravings for peppers, Snickers, chocolate bars, McDonald's, chicken McNuggets. Sorry for the fasters here tonight. She had a new, she had this, this uh, craving that came when she got a new heart 
And she went and found out who the heart had been donated from and found out they were all foods that this person really loved. Another one, Jamie Sharman, woke from surgery. This is a little bit freaky. Feeling rage and anger. And then had cravings for Mexican food that they'd never liked before. And then they went and did, and then and she went and found out who was the donor of her heart. And they found out that it was a man who died in a bar fight, rage and anger, and who loved Mexican food. When she got their heart, she got their cravings, their likes, a lot of, a lot of their, their personality traits came with that moment. One more, it's fascinating. Uh, this is Bill Wall, who had a heart transplant. And afterwards, he was listening to a song on the radio uh, by, now, I don't know, I've never heard it, Said? Sadie? Sade, Sade, that sounds like a chicken thing, Sade, but anyway, Sade, everything sounds like food to me here tonight, day seven of the fast, Sade, he was listening to a song by Sade and suddenly burst into tears, and then later on, he, he got a sudden fascination with outdoor activities, cycling, kayaking, extreme sports, and goes and finds out that the donor of his heart was a Hollywood stuntsman who loved outdoor activities and who his favorite singer was Sade. And then this experience happens. Now, now watch this. That's, that's with practical things. I want you to watch this because the same is true spiritually. The Bible says in the Old Testament, God says Jesus is going to come and he's going to give you a new heart. He's going to take your heart of stone that's hard towards him, that's spiritually closed off, and he's going to give you a new heart. So when you get a new heart from Jesus, the Bible says you're his workmanship. You're created him for good works. So what comes, get this, this is awesome, you get a new appetite. Suddenly you're like, I've invited Christ into my life. I don't want to do that stuff I used to do anymore. I don't have the appetite, the lust. I don't want to go out and get drunk. It's gone. I've got a new appetite. Suddenly I love people. Suddenly I want to stop swearing. How did that happen? Did you do a hypnosis course? No, you got Christ on the inside. He gave you a new heart and he changed your desire. You're a new person. I look around the room and I go, I do not know how this person became that person because when they first came, they were messed up, angry, distressed, with no sense of future. But Jesus got invited into their life and he didn't just, he didn't just uh, patch them up and make them a better version of themselves. He made them a brand new person with his DNA, his cravings, his, now here's the thing, his abilities. There are spiritual gifts in the moment of being born again that just came into you that were never in you before because it's part of your wiring, okay? It's part of your wiring. And those gifts, uh, as you discover them, will transform your life as you begin to discover them and use them, okay? A couple of other things about your spiritual gifts. Uh, you don't just get them and that's it. Uh, you can actually get more spiritual gifts, okay? So in your journey as a Christian, if you're, if you're faithful, uh, with the gifts that God's given you, then you can receive more. Uh, there's a great variety of them. Uh, I'm just I'm jumping through some things. Okay, as we grow, God will come and impart more to us. Be faithful with what you've got, 
and he'll give you more. The Bible says that you can desire more gifts. It's not like once you've got them, that's it. You can desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, Paul says, because that the beauty of prophecy is you're putting strength and courage and comfort into people all around your life. So desire that gift. So you can ask God for more spiritual gifts if you're being faithful with the ones he's already given you. All right. Uh, now, the point of spiritual gifts, what are they? The spiritual gifts are to strengthen and to build up the church. And so the, the, the whole point of the gifts that God's given you as part of the body of Christ is that you would supply something that people in the church need. Okay, your spiritual gifts is not about me. It's not about you. It's about being a strength and encouragement and supply. And the, the Bible often compares spiritual gifts to different parts of the body. They're all essential. They're all vital. They're all different, but they're all vital to make the body all that it is. And your gift is essential to this body of believers. Your spiritual gift, if your spiritual gift is not functioning, then we're going to walk with a limp as a church. We're going to not be all that we could possibly be if you're a member of this church and you haven't discovered your gift and begin begun to use it. I want to empower you to discover it and to use the gift because your gift matters. We need it. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, your gift matters. The Bible lists about 27 specific spiritual gifts. Uh, I don't personally believe that it's an exhaustive list. I believe it's just some examples of spiritual gifts and they're a great starting place for us with spiritual gifts. Okay, here's another one. You can also receive uh, spiritual gifts through impartation from spiritual leaders. So, so there's a number of scriptures. Paul says, I want to come to you and give you spiritual gifts. Uh, he, he says to Timothy, don't neglect the gift that's inside of you through the laying on of the hands of the elders. Uh, stir up the gift that's inside of you, he says, through, uh, that you receive. Uh, so one time he says that you receive through my laying hands on you. Another time the elders laid hands on you. I've got this concept uh, and this understanding, because you can get spiritual gifts through impartation. I, I, I see it like this. Paul's right, Timothy, we're going to leave you here in Ephesus to be the pastor of this church. And Timothy's probably 20, 21, 22. The church is about 60,000 people, they estimate. Most of the city goes to this church. And Timothy's freaked out about how he's going to lead this church. And Paul says, it's okay, buddy because I'm going to lay hands on you and the elders are going to lay hands on you. And when we lay hands on you, gifts that you don't yet have are going to come into you spiritually. And so we're going to lay hands and we're going to put them into you. And God, maybe it's the gift of pastoring. Maybe it's the gift of teaching. Maybe it's the gift of leadership. Maybe it's an apostolic gifting, but it's going to be released to you through the laying on of hands of a leader. I've seen it time and time again. Someone says, oh, I think you could be a great group leader. And they go, no, I'm not a leader. And they go, well, come on, are you willing to use your gifts to serve God and help and strengthen others? And they go, yes, I am. They step into a, ro a role of leadership. People, will get they get prayed for. That's why we believe in impartation. We lay hands on people. And in that moment, a gift from God, a spiritual gift, gets imparted to a person who wasn't ready, but now gets equipped through a spiritual gift that God puts into your life. You say, yes, the gift will come. It's awesome. I love that. I'm, I mean, I'm loving this preaching right now. I'm, I'm really, I mean, come on, John, you're on fire. This is amazing. All right. 
keep going. You can receive it. Okay, using your spiritual gift as life-giving. I'm, I'm recapping, but I'm re-preaching, but that's okay. Uh, so the spiritual gift, here's the thing. You go, but I, I get tired, I get worn out, I don't have enough energy, I'm not sure that I could start to use a spiritual gift. You will find that if you use your gift, God will flow life back into you. It's life-giving to use your spiritual gift. It's not draining. You'll find that having a vision bigger than yourself and your, some people are like, well, when I sort my problems out, then I'll work out what my gift is, then I'll start to serve. But you'll find that God doesn't want you to sort all your problems out. We're going to spend the rest of our life with problems. We're going to spend the rest. If, if I had to wait till all my problems were sorted to become a pastor, I'd still be waiting. That's not how it works. God hasn't called you to solve all your problems. He's called you to live above your problems with a vision that's greater than your problems. And so you'll find if you get the gift flowing, then spiritual life will come back to you. It's just like God's waiting for the, the river, the Karamundi Lake, to open up for the water to flow out of it so more can flow into it. But he says, if you're not giving away, I'm not going to pour into you. But if you give away, I've got energy, I've got vitality, I've got life that I'll pour into you that will energize you and it'll get you out of bed because you're using your spiritual gift. All right. Oh, we're doing all right here right now. Okay, so we're getting the last, okay, here's the, here's the three things. Here's part B of the message. The first thing is, you go, well, what do I, how do I, what do I do here, Pastor John? What, what's, what's, what do I need to do? The first thing you've got to do is you've got to discover your spiritual gift. Okay, you've got to discover it. You go, how do I discover my spiritual gift? Aren't we glad they asked, Teresa? Very glad. Okay, we actually have a, a session in every month that's designed to help people identify your spiritual gift, okay? What, what, the way God's wired you up. Now, that's not the be-all and end-all because you're going to mature and grow and God's going to give you more gifts, okay? But this is a starting place of discovering your gift. There's a range of different ways you discover them, but that's the starting place. Tonight, straight after the service, we're going to have a, a next step session called Discover Your Purpose. It's a workshop, it's a survey, it's questionnaires where you work out, okay, here's how my personality is wired, here's how my gift is wired, and here's, here's how you find, okay, every, every one of us is a, is a jigsaw, as a jigsaw piece in the overall picture. I'm a jigsaw piece, you're a jigsaw piece. I'm using my gifts as part of the dream team of this church. I'd ask you to use your gifts as part of the dream team of this church. So you go, well, what, where do I fit? Well, you've got to work out your shape. And your shape is just simply this, your spiritual gifts, your heart's desire, like what's your passion, your, your abilities, the things that you're naturally good at, what your personality is and whether you're good with people or figures or you want to be on your own, you want to be part of a team, Lee, whatever it is, and the experiences that you've had, though S-H-A-P-E, that's your shape. We want to help you find your shape and where you fit in the church now. And as you do that, you'll find God opens up more opportunities for you to use your spiritual gift. So that's today. I'd love you to do that. Okay, that's, that's your spiritual gift. The, the, the next thing is you discover it. The next thing is you develop your gift. You develop your spiritual gift. So how do I develop it? Let's look at 1 Timothy 4 verse 14. And Timothy And Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, do not neglect. Both of his letters, he, taught, he challenges this young man to activate his gift. Stir up your gift. So in the first letter, don't neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. doesn't say what the spiritual gift is. Just don't neglect it. That tells me you can have a spiritual gift in you. 
either through being born again, receiving the Holy Spirit, or through someone laying hands on you, and you can neglect it. It's sitting in the corner. Oh, would you please use me? Don't neglect me. Come on, come on, get me activated. Okay, you can neglect the gift that God's got for you, really. And it's just inside going, come on, I want out. I want to be used. But you can neglect it. And then he goes, so here's a, this how he says, give your complete attention to these matters. Have we got this up on the screen? It's 1 Timothy 4, 14. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. This is about your, your spiritual gift. Give your attention to it. Work at it. Develop it. Throw yourself into your tasks so there are actually things that we do that help us develop the spiritual gifts. We, and so I've, I've just written down these things. How do I develop my gift? Well, once I've worked out what it is, uh, I need to make sure my motive's right. I need to make sure that my motive is to serve others. That's one way I develop my gift. Am I here to serve others? Do I want to make their life better? Do I want to build up the church? It's the motive test. And you'll find that God keeps you in the motive test box until you've developed servanthood. So that's the starting place of developing your gift. The next thing you need to do is you need to hang around people who have got this gift. See, your gift won't work out there on its own. It's got to be connected to the body. There are people in this church who have got the keys for the gift that you've got going to the next level and you need to find them and hang around with them. If you're a prayer, get involved in intercessors. Or, you know, if, if you've got a gift of, of, if you're a musical but you've got a gift of worship leading, get around the band, whatever it is. I found for me, uh, I found early on I had a, a gift of leadership. This would be one of my gifts. So I just said, I've got to develop that gift. I've got to hang around leaders. So I remember the first lunch I ever had with Gordon more and I, just, I remember something I, I was like one of the young punks in the team and our pastor was meeting with Gordon and we got the invite to lunch awkward don't stuff it up don't say anything dumb but I remember going away from this lunch because I'd got around a leader and the gift in him and the gift in me were they were like iron sharpening iron I came away feeling bigger and larger and like my future was there because I got with someone with a similar gift okay so get around people with the gift of God uh, study study the Bible what's the Bible say about your gift this is what another version says Timothy study to show yourself approved Go to Bible college. You're like, I think I've got the gift of healing or, or I've got the gift of prophecy. Well, we have a course that's all about moving in the spirit. It's one of our Bible college units. Get involved and do that. So study. What's the Bible say? Just look up, do some word studies about that particular gift. Um, now, here's, here's the other thing. Make yourself use the gift. That's what Paul says. Stir it up. You're like, okay, so how do you do that? Some people I know set goals. God's given me the gift of encouragement, so I'm going to every day text somebody something encouraging. And as I use the gift to bless and strengthen others, it will grow in my life. I was, I was in 2001 in New Zealand in a conference, and a prophet laid hands on me and prophesied over me a number of things. But one of the things he said is, inside of you is a powerful gift of healing. I had no idea. I'm like, Really? I remember walking the beach afterwards going, healing? No, 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 no. But I found it was this gift that was in me that I hadn't stirred up. 
I'd neglected it. I didn't even know it was there. I needed someone to tell me it was there. And so that began a journey for me. I began to read books about healing. I began to watch healing people. I began to step out. I made mistakes. And that's what happens when you've got a gift. You step out. doesn't work all the time, but you make a commitment to use that gift. And just through time and error and feedback and seeing what works and doesn't work, I've gone to work on one of the gifts that God's put in my life. I want you to do the same. Develop the gift go after it with all your might your future and your destiny is linked to you using the spiritual gifts that God's given you now to build the church all right and the last thing here and I might get the keyboardist to come up right if you would and it's to fan into flame your spiritual gift second letter first letter Paul says Timothy don't neglect your gift come on buddy stir it up get it going man Get it, get it working. Develop it. Pay attention to it. Do things that will develop your gift. The second one, he says, this is why I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and a self-discipline. Here's the thing. The devil wants to shut down your spiritual gift. The devil knows that if you use your gift that God's given you to love and serve others, to reach people. I look around the room, I, I, I see Prue and Pip here. These are, these are two wonderful ladies in our church. The gift of mercy, the gift of encouragement, the gift of evangelism, always bringing people to the house of God. And there's so many gifts around this place that strengthen us, okay? And the devil knows that if he can silence your gift, if he can shut down your voice, if he can make you feel like your gift doesn't matter, if he can make you feel like you're not young enough or you're not old enough, if he can make you feel like you're not qualified, you're not Bible studied up enough, if he can make you feel like you haven't been a Christian long enough, if he can whisper lies into your ear, he will because he wants to intimidate you. If he can make you remember the mistakes of your past and keep reminding you of them so that you don't step out, he will do whatever he can because he knows when you use your gift, when I use my gift, when we use our gift, then the church gets stronger and grows and more and more people come to Christ. So he's wanting to shut your gift down. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to tell you, you haven't prayed enough. You haven't done this enough. And there's all things that, that they're great things for us to do. But he says to Timothy, Timothy, who's an incredibly godly young man who loves God, and he says, Timothy, you're getting shut down. There's a voice coming to your mind that tells you, if you just prayed for 20 more minutes, then you'd be qualified. If you just fasted for 13 days instead of 10, then you'd be good enough, Timothy. It's a spirit that tells you you've never, you're never quite there. You've never quite got what it is. It's a spirit of intimidation and it wants to shut us down. So you've got to remember here, God's given us not that spirit, but of love. Come on, he loves you. Power, there's a dunamis, a power that comes from heaven to get on, on you to release that gift and a sound mind, clear thinking about who you are. You're righteous in Christ. You've got what it takes. You've got something that this house needs and it's time to stir it up. Fan it into flame, he says, man. So that tells me that just because I've got the gift doesn't mean I always feel like using it. Therefore, it's up to me to fan it into flame. 
It's up to me to go, okay, next Sunday when I pray, when I preach, that group that I lead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy over some people. Not because I feel like it, because I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to fan it into flame. How do you do that? You pray. The gift of tongues is a gift that God gives for everyone baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe it's one of the primary ways that you fan into flame. It's like a, a, a pump, a primer to get God flowing in your life. And as we come to a close, uh, we're going to at the end of the service, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and received the gift of tongues, a personal language, then we would love to pray for you. Our team would love to pray for you in that moment. I'm going to get the rest of the band to come up as we come right now to an end. And there's a few things we're going to do right now. Can we close our eyes?